Maybe uh, if everyone's ready, we can wind up some of those conversations and I feel a bit strange doing that as a visitor, by the way. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's pray before we start. Uh, our dear Lord, we, we uh, thank you for all that you are to us. Um, Lord, uh, there is no one, uh, there is nothing um, better um, in life, um, in, the, in the human existence than... Uh, than to know you, to be known by you, uh, to be counted as your children, and Lord, to understand the the many precious and dear truths uh, that your word uh, reveals to us. Lord, truths about how we can live um, beyond uh, ourselves, live out of a life, Lord, that that um, that is yours, and uh, that's what you that's what your your death on that cross won us to. Lord, a whole new life, everything's been, been changed for us, Lord. And we stand in a whole new uh, realm because of who we are as your children. And we praise you for this. Lord Jesus, would you open our hearts to, to understand you better this morning. Um, open our hearts to understand your purposes and to understand all that you want to be uh, to each one of us uh, who are your children. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like to start this morning, I'd like to begin by asking you uh, a question. That's a rhetorical question, so don't, you don't have to uh, re- reply or anything like that. But I'd like to ask you this morning, can a non-Christian live your Christian life, your specific Christian life? Can a, lo- can a non-Christian do it? Can your neighbour do it? Uh, your, your unsaved neighbour next door. Can a, can a Muslim live your Christian life? Uh, a Hindu, can they live your specific uh, Christian life? Um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get to here, what I'm really asking, is there anything supernatural about it? Is there anything of Christ and his power in your uh, Christian life? Is there anything of, of Christ and his power in your moments day by day as you live? Is there anything of him and his power and his, his presence and his work in the way you speak to your wife, in the way that you uh, deal with people who, who annoy you and frustrate you? Is there anything of Christ and his power in the, the habits that cling to you that you'd love to be rid of? Or maybe the sin that clings that you'd love dearly to be, to be rid, of, rid of? Is there anything of divine life and power in your moments, day by day, as one of God's children? Or is it something that's reproducible by someone who doesn't have the, Spirit of, uh, have the Holy Spirit living in them, who doesn't know the Lord Jesus and who isn't born again? It's a challenging question, right? I think it's a challenging question. Um, it really makes me think, and it makes us think about what this Christian life actually is. What is it? In its nature, its essence, what is this Christian life, this new life that we have in, 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 Lord, in the Lord Jesus? And I believe that John 15 is one of the best passages about the Christian life. And maybe you've never thought about it or looked at it in, in, that, in that way before. 
And it reveals something very surprising, very, very interesting about what this, this, this Christian life that we have, this Christian life that is ours, reveals very, something very interesting and, and, and special about it. And it's something very important for us to understand, just as, as it was very important for the disciples of, of Jesus to understand. And we can tell that from the context that it was important for, that, for them to understand because the Lord Jesus uh, teaches them these things as part of what we call the farewell discourse. All right, so uh, the John chapter, chapters 14 through 17, they are what we call the farewell discourse. The Lord Jesus knows his time is short. His, his time to, uh, to give himself... Uh, to pay for the sins of the world, to give himself to, uh, to win for us this new life in him, is, is, has come. It's come very close. And now what he's doing, he's sharing with his disciples uh, the, the last things, if you like, that he wants them to know, that he wants them to understand before he leaves them. It's the, it's the night before the crucifixion. And it's really interesting to notice the kinds of things that the Lord Jesus uh, teaches them and reminds them of and anchors them in. He doesn't give them a list of of do's and don'ts, but instead he gives them key principles to understand uh, what it is that they have in him. He knows that they're going to be tempted to think that they're all alone. He's just told them that he's going to leave them. And he's just promised them that he's not going to leave them alone because when he goes, he'll send, them, uh, send to them his Holy Spirit. He knows they'll be tempted to think that they're all alone and that it's now all up to them. And so that's the context for, for chapter 15 here. And that's the context for this passage. And so the Lord Jesus starts with these words. He says, I am the true grapevine. I'm the true grapevine. And the counterpart to that uh, to that verse there is in verse five, and he says that you, my disciples, and and us as well, because we're we're included in that. He says you are the branches. Jesus says I'm the true grapevine. You are the branches. And what he wants us to know, and he wants us wanted his disciples to understand, is that Christ is the source. Because when he says I'm the true grapevine. He's saying, I'm, uh, I'm the trunk, if you like. That's what he's saying. I'm the trunk of the, uh, of the grapevine. I'm the trunk, and you are the branches. And the, here's the first key idea. Just as the trunk is the source of life for the branches and for the, for the fruit which is displayed on those branches, Jesus says, I am your source. I am your source for a life which glorifies God. I am your source for the kind of fruit that marks you as my people, as my children. Jesus is saying here, he's in, when he says that he's the, the true grapevine, he's not saying that he wants to do something for you or for them, not even to help you necessarily in, in the way that we would understand that, but he's saying to them in essence, I want to be something to you. I want to be something to you. I want to be the source of everything which comes from your life. I want to be the source of it all. The things you do, the things you say, the way you think, I want, all, I want to be the source of the lot of it. 
anything which is produced from your life, I want to be its source. That's what he means when he says, I'm the true grapevine and you are the branches. Christ is the source. And that leads us into the second key idea. And it's really important that we understand that. It's really important that we understand that he is the source and that we're not the source. And the second key idea is you are a branch. You're a branch. It's important that you understand that you're a true branch. Um, And the reason that you're a true branch is that you're in Christ, who's the true vine. You're a true, you're a true branch. And you've been joined into Christ, the true vine, by faith. You are not the source of the fruit. And you know what? You'll get frustrated, as I've been frustrated um, over the years, in trying to be the source. Has that been your experience? Have you ever tried to be the source of the kind of life that you know God has called you to live? Have you tried to produce that out of the resources that you can bring to the table before? I know I have. And it's been a frustrating and a disappointing um, and a tiring process. You are not the source of the fruit. And so the branch, Jesus wants us to understand here, the branch doesn't generate anything from its own life, but rather the job of the branch is to participate, not generate, but participate in the life of the trunk. This is God's way, this is Jesus' way of bringing fruit which glorifies him. Participation, our participation in Christ, the true grapevine. In the life of Christ, the true grapevine. But why does he say that I'm the true grapevine? If there's a true one, then there must also be a a fake one, right? Or another one, another type. And the Lord Jesus says that because he knows that there are two sources that we can actually live out of, aren't there? There are two sources. While he himself is the only true source, he knows that we can also live out of self. We can also live out of self as, as, as the source. Who knows what it is to live out of self, to try and live out of self, to try and produce the, the life of Christ out of self and the meager resources that we can bring to the table. Have, is it just me? Have you had that experience? Have you had that sense that you don't have what it takes to bring about the kind of life that that God desires for you? He wants you to know that there are two sources that we can live out of. Christ, the true grapevine, or self. And just as there are two sources, there's logically two kinds of fruit, aren't there? And when we live out of self as the source, there's a fake fruit. And we can produce fruit in our lives, which looks really fantastic on the outside. It looks like the real deal. But it's a false fruit. And it's a fake fruit because the source is wrong. There's been, and I'm happy to admit it, there's been lots of fake fruit in my life. If people looked in from the outside, they would see all kinds of activity, all kinds of appearance of of good fruit but I can tell you for for a lot of that the fruit was was fake 
because it came from me and not Christ, the true grapevine. You see, the problem is that we live out of self by default, don't we? It's all we've ever known before we come to Christ. That's what the, um, anyone who's, who's outside of Christ, that's their only experience. They have no other option but to live out of self. We're, we're, we're geared to it. It's our automatic default position ever since we're little, little babies. But he wants us to know and understand that we're not designed for that. He wants us to know and understand that we're designed to live out of a source apart from self, that we're designed to live out of Christ, the true grapevine. And you know, even the Lord Jesus himself lived out of a source apart from himself. Have you ever thought about that? In John 14, 10 um, and 11, he says, uh, the words I speak are not my own, but my father who lives in me does his work through me. Again, in John 8, 28, he says, I do nothing of myself. Now, we understand that the Lord Jesus, uh, he had all power as God, the Son, and he had all resources to live out of, uh, out of self. And he would have been right in doing so. And yet he chose willing, willingly to not live out of the resources that he could, could bring to the table, if you like. He chose willing, willingly to live out of his father as the source for the life and for all that we saw uh, all that we see of the Lord Jesus when he was when he was on the on the earth and so we can say of the Lord Jesus the things that he did he never did it was the father doing it through him it was the father doing it through him and he goes on there and he says and my father is the true gardener In verse 2, he says, He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Here's the third key idea. The Father is actively involved in your life so that there'll be more fruit. Because what's the purpose of pruning? Those of you who are, who are gardeners, you, that, you don't have to answer that. But the purpose of pruning always is to maximise the flow of the life of the trunk in the branches, right? And it's just the same as God, who's the gardener. He's always wanting to maximise the flow of the life of Christ in us. And do you know what his best pruning tool is? It's not a pair of secateurs. It's not a saw. It's difficulties. It's struggles. It's weakness. Because it's those things that cause us to look away from ourselves and to, to, to depend uh, more fully on the life of Christ. It's those things which teach us that, that we can't do it. It's these things which, te- which teach us to cause, uh, sorry, which cause us to give up on self and instead to begin to live out of another source. This is always the purpose of pruning. And this is also evidence that you're really a branch. <laughs> Why? Because you've experienced the, the work of the vine dresser in your life, haven't you? Each one of us, we've experienced the work of the vine dresser. 
You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. So the purpose of this pruning, of his pruning, is always for more fruit. And it's never to remove you from your only hope of bearing fruit. He goes on in verse 4. He says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. And so now we come to our first instruction. And the Lord Jesus here is teaching us what we need to do. What we need to do. This is the first instruction, the, the um, uh, the, the first thing that we can do here. And he says... And he wants us to understand what we can do in order to live out of Christ as the source so he can live and produce the kind of fruit that he desires to. And so we come to our fourth key idea. You and I are responsible to live... uh, Sorry, you and I are responsible to, by faith, choose to live out of Christ and not self in our day-by-day moments. I'm just going to say that again. You and I are responsible to, by faith, choose to live out of Christ as the source and not self. This is a faith choice. And that's why he, he, he's given us a commandment. He wants us to do something here. Because we have the power to not do it. And we know how that goes for us, don't we? When we choose to live out of self, it doesn't go well for us. And the kind of fruit that comes from our lives isn't the kind of fruit that glorifies God, right? That's why he tells us, remain in me. (laughs) You see, we can get a bit, we can become a bit confused about this idea of remaining because sometimes we can think if he's telling me to remain, does that mean there's sometimes I'm not in Christ? Am I in and out of Christ day by day, depending on how I'm doing? how I'm doing with my quiet times maybe, what kind of a Christian life I'm living, does that put me in and out of Christ? No. You can't find that idea anywhere in, in, anywhere in God's word. But this is what he means. This is what he means. He wants us, he wants you to choose to keep the door open. He wants you to choose to keep the door open to the flow of his life in you. And if you do, he says, I will live my life through you. I'll be your source. The life that will come will actually be my life revealed in you. See, sometimes we get all this, we get this all wrong. And we think we need to try and try and strive to be more like Jesus. (laughs) What he wants us to do is to stop trying, stop striving to be more like Jesus, and to let Jesus be himself in us by faith. Only the Lord Jesus himself can produce the kind of life that the Father desires, that the Lord Jesus desires. We have no power in and of ourselves to produce the life of Christ. Only he can produce it in us as he lives by faith in us, his people. And so if we do this, if we uh, take notice of the Lord Jesus' instructions here, the Christian life becomes something entirely different, doesn't it? It becomes the revelation of Jesus himself in your body, in your person, through your personality, 
Because remaining or abiding has to do with connection, right? And connection is always for the flow of something. Why do we, why do we plug in a, a, um, uh, a plug into the PowerPoint? It's so something can flow, isn't it? It's so the electricity can flow from the source of power to the device or, or whatever it is. And just so, a branch is connected to the vine so that the life of the vine can flow to and through it. You are the branches, he says. And so the Christian life isn't him helping me so much. He doesn't give me something that I need. But rather he comes himself into that moment, into any moment at all that I choose to, by faith, open the door to the flow of his life in me. He himself comes. He himself becomes my patience, my peace. My joy. He himself comes um, and leads me in victory over sin. It's his victory in me. He himself comes. He ministers to others through me. It's his life. The Lord Jesus goes on. He says, For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, this is why we get frustrated sometimes, trying to live a life that we have no power to live. We get worn down sometimes with our not-enoughness to produce this, the, the life of the Lord Jesus out of self. We're trying to live disconnected from the flow of his life in us. <laughs> You've been trying to live a life that only the Lord Jesus himself can live in you. And so we can be busy, but we can uh, not necessarily bearing fruit. And you know, this is one of the key characteristics of cult groups and um, other world religions. Everyone's busy doing, doing, doing. You should see the people that we work with, the cult people that we work with, they pride themselves on the amount of work that they do. But there's no fruit. There's never any fruit. And there's certainly no fruit which glorifies God. Why? Because there's no connection to the vine. And Jesus goes on there in verse 16. He says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a, like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. This is not a threat. People do all kinds of terrible things with this verse. This is not a, th a threat. This is not talking about hell. It's simply a statement of the uselessness of a branch which tries to produce fruit disconnected from the vine, disconnected from the trunk. But we don't want to be useless branches, do we? We don't, we don't want to be trying to produce a life that we have no power to. We don't want to live disconnected from Christ, the true vine, do we? And so let's stay. Let's, let's listen to Jesus' words and let's stay receiving out of Christ the source. But how do we do that? Because 
You know, sometimes we can think of this stuff and it, it, it can all kind of be a little bit academic and, you know, semantics a little bit. But this is so practical for our everyday Christian lives. So practical. And so I'd like to make it extra practical right now and I'd like to give us two steps. They're not my steps. They come out of the passage. But two simple steps that any, any one of us can put into practice. If you're a young person, you can put this into practice. So you can live out of Christ the source. If you're an old person, you can put this into practice as well. Two simple steps to not live out of self, but to live out of Christ, the true grapevine. Here's step one. Acknowledge that you, do not, that you don't have enough. Acknowledge that you don't have enough. Because that's what Jesus says, right? He says, without me, you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. Do you really believe that? Like, I'm a guy, you know, and so I know for us guys, it's really hard to accept that sometimes because we like to pride ourselves on as being, uh, pride ourselves as on, on being capable. But Jesus says without him, we can do nothing. That doesn't mean we can't eat a bowl of cereal or something like that, but it means we can't produce the kind of fruit which is going to glorify God. Nothing. So that's step number one. Acknowledge to him that you don't have enough. Acknowledge your not-enoughness, if you like. Whenever you find yourself conscious of this not-enoughness, whenever you find yourself striving and straining and struggling, if you lack wisdom, if you lack power in a situation to be all that you know the Lord's calling you to be, if you lack love or peace or whatever it might be, run to Jesus. Tell him you don't have enough. Tell him you believe him when he says without him you can do nothing. Tell him you don't have enough and that you no longer want to live out of all that you can provide yourself. So that's step one. That's pretty easy, right? Can you see that in the passage? It's just not, it's not my idea. That's what the Lord Jesus says. But there's something really freeing about going to him and, and acknowledging that to him or before him. So that leads us on to step two. Step two is, by faith, believe. And anything that we receive from God has to be by faith. By faith, believe that he is living his life through you, no matter how you feel in that moment. Step two, by faith, believe that he is living his life in you, no matter how you feel in that moment. Tell the source, tell the true grapevine that you want to live out of him and believe him for it. I like to think of it as a, as a little door. A lot of the time, if I'm not, I'm not conscious of it, the door to, uh, to the life of, of Christ, to the flow of the life of Christ is closed and I'm just living out of self. <laughs> but when I experience my not-enoughness, when I become aware of it in any given situation... I can, by faith, open the door to the flow of his life in me. So I tell the source that I, don't, that I want to live out of him, and I believe him for it. Do you know, there's nothing more natural um, that we can do as God's people. Nothing more natural. You and I were des designed to live out of Christ, 
and, and, and out, of, out of his life. And he's always ready to be that to you, to be everything to you in any moment. That's how he desires you and I to live. But I just want to add a little warning here. Don't rely on your feelings to, to see if this is actually going to work or not. Don't rely on your feelings. And this is one of the real mistakes I've made um, um, as a younger Christian. <laughs> but don't rely on those feelings. This is a faith decision. Believe him that... Um, this is a faith decision that you'll believe him even if you don't feel as though there's any change in the circumstance that you're in. Even if you don't feel any different in yourself. Put those feelings aside and continue to believe him for the flow of his life in you in that moment. So the two steps. Tell him that you don't have enough. Tell him that you believe him, that without him you can do nothing. That's step one. Step two, believe him for the life uh, believe him that he is living through you his life in that moment. Anyone can do this at any time. And I want to really encourage you this week to try it out. Put it into practice. Live out of Christ the source, out of Christ the true grapevine. Then in verse 7, our, our final verse, Seven and eight here it says, but if you remain in me, he says, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. And so what will the result, what would the result of living out of Christ, the true source look like? Well, the first thing that we see there is that there'll be answered prayer. And that makes, that makes so much sense because we're living out of him and so our prayer requests will be in line with him and his desires and his best for us. We'll be in tune with him and there'll be a oneness in our hearts that will result in us asking in line with his will and best for us. We'll ask in line with what he's doing in any given moment. Another result from uh, verses 7 and 8 of living out of the life of Christ is that there will be lots and lots of fruit. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what each one of us deep down really desires, that our lives would be glorifying to God? That there will be lots of fruit, not a meagre harvest, but lots And do you know, it doesn't matter if you're a new Christian or an old Christian. It doesn't matter if you don't know much. It doesn't matter if you've never been to Bible college. It doesn't matter even if you're housebound. You can, in any moment, choose to live out of Christ the source. And the promise to you is that there'll be lots of fruit. Don't you reckon that's encouraging? There'll be lots of fruit. And finally, the final result of living out of Christ the source, is that God will get lots of glory. Why? And here's the great thing. Why will he get lots of glory when we live out of Christ? Because it's God doing all the work. For God to get all the glory, he has to do all the work. So, this changes everything for us. 
This changes everything. When we understand that the Christian life becomes a revelation of his life in me. His life in you. And I can stop now. I can get off the hamster wheel of trying to copy his life. I can't copy it. I don't have the power. He wants us to stop. The Lord Jesus wants us to stop living out of self as the source. He wants us to stop the striving and the straining and instead choose to open that abiding door. In any moment that he reminds you of it. Open that abiding door by faith so that he can be himself in you and to you and produce the kind of fruit that we can't. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, um, we can get confused about how to produce the, the, the kind of fruit, Lord, that will glorify you that will glorify the Father. We can get confused about it, and sometimes we can think that it's up to us to to bring it about by our own meagre resources. Lord Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for, for the teaching of John 15 here. Nobody else, no other religion, no other system can offer what you offer. No other system offers uh, God himself to come and to live his life and express himself in the lives of his people. We praise you for this. We thank you that this is simple. We thank you that any one of us can do it at any, at any time. That We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you stand ready and waiting to be our all in all, to be our life at any moment that the Father might be glorified in and through us. We praise you for this this, this perfect design, we praise in Jesus' name.